Welcome to the Sellernomics Podcast, sharing valuable tips and information in the Amazon and e-commerce space. Each week, we deliver the best interviews with some of the top Amazon personalities in the industry to help you grow your business. Today's episode is brought to you by Gatita, the global leader in FBA auditing and reimbursements. And now, here is your host, Rob Stanley. Hey everyone, Rob Stanley here with Lisa Kinski. How you doing, Lisa? Hey everyone. Hey Rob, I'm good. How are you? Doing great. So uh, we got a good one today. I just looked it up and it's been a couple of years since I've had this person on and we need to definitely make sure this person's on every year because Zach Leonard from Gimba is absolutely amazing. Lots of great information. But today, this is a really cool one. Uh, how to scale manufacturing outside of China. Now, we've talked about sourcing a little bit. We've talked to, we're going to talk a bit about manufacturing. I'm sure Zach's going to give some great information. Let's bring him into the studio. Hey, Zach, welcome to the studio. How are you doing? Rob, Lisa, great to be here. And yeah, I, I, we kind of caught up before this and we talked about how long it's been since we officially caught up over podcast. And I agree, it, it's been way too long. So I'm happy to be here and excited to spit some knowledge on the viewers. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, this is a good one. How to scale manufacturing outside of China. Hot topic right now. Uh <laughs> Not to to date the show if anybody's listening to this later, but there's a lot going on over in that uh, that side of the world, right? Uh, you know, there's possible sanctions that could go into place with China if they make some if they make some moves. I'm not going to say strategic because I don't think it's strategic, but uh, you know, if they make some certain uh, uh, things happen over there, definitely could uh, change things quickly, especially <laughs> with uh, anybody who's sourcing from China or getting their products from China. Uh, I do want to jump right into this and let's get this going. Why is manufacturing outside of China important? I gave a few little reasons, but what's your input on that, Zach? Yeah, I think as you start to look at the, the shutdowns that continue to happen in China, if you take a look at you know the geopolitical climate that's going on in China, um, it's best to start looking and seeing if there's opportunities outside of there. Not to say that China isn't great. It is a great place. It's still you know the top importer into the U. In, uh, imported into the United States, still doing close to you know half a trillion dollars worth of imports into uh, the U.S. on an annual basis. But um, you know, when you think about you know, is this place right for me, you know, long term, or should I have you know Plan B or Plan C up and running? Uh, it, it's good to really start thinking about that now as you enter into what is probably the busiest time of the year for most e-commerce sellers, retail sellers, which is the holiday season. Uh, start having those conversations now so that when you hit Q1, you know, when China slows down and then ends up shutting down, these other countries don't. Um, so like Mexico or India, you know, they don't have Chinese New Year. Right. So like those types of places could be great for, you know, thinking and starting have, having those conversations, as well as if you can get things, you know, into the into the North Americas. Right. Uh, Mexico, Canada, et cetera you eliminate a lot of the tariffs that go along with with China. Um, you know, there's obviously free trade between most of North America. Um, so if you can find suppliers that can handle your products in places like Mexico. Uh, you're going to eliminate the tariff, that tariff side of it. And then finally, obviously, transportation costs as well. Um, you know, Mexico not having to go <laughs> cross borders um, that or sorry, cross the ocean. Uh, that also is advantageous from a timing to get your materials in. It's all going to depend on what kind of product you have, right? There are some products that get the raw materials from China. So it's it's super product dependent on that, but at least start doing some research and having those conversations with suppliers if you're interested in diversifying or de-risking your supply chain outside of China. 
Yeah, I feel like that's been the number one thing that I heard. So I joined kind of the supply chain e-commerce world in July of 2020. So like a super chill time in the world, right? <laughs> right, um, <laughs> right in the thick, everything was on fire. But that's the number one thing that I kept hearing was like this discussion of China plus one, either moving your manufacturing out of China or at least having that redundancy so that in case you do need extra inventory when they're closed for Golden Week or for Chinese New Year, or if they are closed down because of an outbreak, something so that you can continue to run your business. But really leading into my next question is what you just said of there are certain things that the raw materials still come from china so how feasible is it for these businesses to begin their production outside of china like some folks are just going to have to be locked in right right so you know i can go kind of in the three largest places that people talk about which is mexico india and vietnam and kind of talk through the main products that we see on a regular basis coming out of there but when you start going to the next tier, which is Mexico, there's still close to $400 billion of imports into the USA. So really close behind uh, China in terms of, you know, percentage wise, it's still like 80% of, of imports into you into the US. It's the second largest trading partner. Um, it's also a gateway to other Southern South American manufacturers. You know, if you get if you can get stuff from Mexico, you can most likely get stuff from Colombia, Brazil, etc. You know, there's a lot of good uh, uh, trading going on between those countries as well. Um, obviously, like I spoke about, there's free trade agreements, so lower import tariffs. And then when you're talking about cost uh, effectiveness, um, you know, Mexico labor rates are 25% lower on average than China. So um, it, it may also be cost effective for you to do that as well from a, from a trading partner perspective. Now, some of the, the bigger, you know, uh, categories that we see uh, coming out of Mexico are electrical equipment some footwear, textiles, medica medical equipment, and furniture. Um, so if you're in one of those types of uh, industries or your products are in those categories, South America and, and Mexico may be a, a great alternative to China for you. Um, obviously, you know, things like electronic components, they still may come from China. Um, if you're looking into glass, like glassware, um, most likely those are going to come from China. So again, it's going to be very category and product specific in order to see that. But, you know, things like plastic, you know, Mexico supplies Walmart with bags. And there's a lot of things that, that Mexico supplies the United States with in the plastic category as well. So again, know what your product is, see if, you have, if their suppliers are in and ask what their lead times are once you start going to those suppliers. Moving on to India, um, India, you know, does a little bit less than Mexico in terms of you know, imports in the United States, you know, typically around $150 billion on an annualized basis. Um, their labor costs are significantly lower than China. We're talking 70% lower than China, almost 60% lower than, Me than Mexico, and even 33% lower than Vietnam. So India has a very low, very low uh, uh, labor rate. Um, there's also rapid growth happening in manufacturing sectors there. So food production, consumables, health and wellness products, apparel, homeware and furniture, all growing significantly um, in, in India. And I would say that, you know, a lot of the customers that we help, you know, de-risk or diversify, they end up going to India because of that. Um, they also can <clears throat> source, you know, large scale, uh, potentially lower cost than China because of those labor, uh, those labor advantages. And Another part about India, which is really nice, is they have a ton of their own raw materials. So they're not as dependent on raw materials as places like Mexico or Vietnam from China as, as you know, those places like I just mentioned. So um, a really nice alternative for certain sectors, like I said, food production, consumables, health and wellness products, 
ton of apparel, ton of homeware and furniture. A great alternative to China would be India. And then finally, Vietnam. Um, Vietnam is a lot smaller in terms of annualized imports, you know, less than 100 billion, somewhere between 50 and 100 billion on a regular basis. Um, textile and apparel, you know, hotspot, right? Um, I think they make up about 25 to 30% of the U.S. imported footwear uh, on an annualized basis. So, you know, you're talking the big companies are there. Adidas is there. I believe Nike has some factories there. So, you know, a ton of the big, big, uh, you know, footwear and, uh, you know, big brands in the United States are starting to uh, move and have moved their production from China into Vietnam for those types of products. So, again, textile and apparel, a very hot spot. Labor rates, not as low as India, but still coming in, you know, somewhere around 50 to 60 percent lower than China on a regular basis. But, um, you know, I, I've been to a few factories in, in Vietnam before, and they're always talking about labor shortages. So that also comes into play um, as well as they get most of the raw materials from either India or China. So they're importing a ton of their goods to make as, as their final goods, which isn't a problem. But if you're looking for faster turnarounds or faster supply chain, it may not be the best alternative for you. You may get cost relief. Um, that might be true because they don't have the tariffs that China does. But, you know, again, it's it's all about what your business can absorb, right? Can you absorb the lower cost for a, a larger lead time? Or do you need something product now? Like, again, if you need product now, Mexico may be a better alternative for you than somewhere like Vietnam. Or India may be a better alternative for you than a place like Vietnam, depending on your business. Yeah, Zach, a quick question before we're going to have to take a quick uh, break, but quick question I want you to ask you, uh, Vietnam, or do they fall under that tariff policy that's been put in place? Or are they outside of that? Because, you know, China is very heavily has very heavy tariffs coming in the US. I thought that also extended to China and some of the Asia, other Asia countries. But am I wrong on that? Uh, it's I mean, every every country has their own tariff policy. What I will say is that China has some of the heaviest ones right now that have been implemented and haven't been haven't gone away. It's also going to depend on how much of your product is actually manufactured or done in that in that region. Right. So if you have most of your product, you know, there and you're just slapping a label on in Vietnam to try and get that tariff relief like that, that doesn't really, really work legally. Um, so you have to have a certain percentage of your product actually produced in those countries to get that tariff relief. Gotcha. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and come right back. Again, we got Zach Leonard from Gimbai on, and we're talking about how to scale manufacturing outside of China. When we come back, we're going to find out a little bit more about quality control. Let's talk a little bit about quality control in some of these other countries. Be back in 10 seconds. Today's episode is brought to you by Gatita, the global leader in FBA auditing and reimbursements. Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash sellernomics. Yeah, so head on over to gatita.com forward slash sellonomics, get your $400 in free FBA refunds and reimbursements. And we're talking with Zach Leonard from Gimba today about how to scale manufacturing outside of China. And so right before the break, I was asking uh, Zach about quality control. Uh, probably more specifically, uh, the three countries you're mentioning. You're mentioning Vietnam, you're mentioning Mexico, and you're mentioning India. Uh, what have you seen when it comes to quality control in those three countries? Um you know, it's, I think it's very similar to what you would expect in China. There's companies that you know you can outsource to or people that will show up to the factory that perform audits. Um, the biggest thing I would recommend is just making sure you find a partner that you trust, right? Like, um, I don't think there's a, as much uh, predatory behavior going on in, in the other countries. And there's a lot more, uh, you know, 
transparency. Um, but as far as, you know, quality control, I think we did a study uh, with a bunch of Amazon sellers that we work with to find out, you know, the average cost of, of what a negative review does. And we, we equated it to be about $500 per negative review. I mean, you think about the time, energy and money you spend, not just beyond that quality, that, that, that dollar amount, but like you worrying about a quality or a low, a low star review, you fighting a low star review, the stress that it puts on you and your business by fighting a low star review, it's more than that $500, right? So at the end of the day, um, I can't stress enough that getting some sort of plan in place to get quality control in your supply chain injected somehow, whether it's showing up at random or it's showing up, you know, scheduled with your factory to make sure that your your products come up with a low defect rate, it's extremely important. Well, I uh, quick a uh, quick follow up. I just wanted a quick follow up on that. Sorry, Lisa, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, you know, what about uh, when it comes specifically, let's say, to Vietnam, India, Mexico? What about having? Is there companies there that will go do that for you? Go do quality control, check your products for you. I did want to follow up on that. Sorry, Lisa. Yeah. If you want us to shamelessly plug ourselves and I'll say, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you can do that. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to refer you to someone else. Like we'll, we'll do that for you. Um, we do, production, we do production management for you, which is we have a, you know, we have team members that are, you know, Gemba personnel that will go to the factory, do, you know, quality control inspections for you. Um, you know, we'll do the tests that the average person won't do. We've done food tests where we'll put a piece of you know parchment paper into an oven, put a fried good into the oven, and then see how big the oil ring looks below it when you take it off to see if it hits within the centimeter or diameter that they're willing to call a pass to make sure they didn't have too much oil usage in their uh, in their frying when they did like the the seafood that we checked. So again, those types of nuanced things that you know product owners are very, very, very meticulous about, we try and mimic that um, and want to make sure that you get the high quality product to your to your customers you don't get that low star review you get that five star review that's very interesting i hadn't heard of the, the oil test i didn't know that was something you had to do for food um yeah. so going going back just because we have sellers of all you know stages in their journey listening to the show i wanted to touch base really quickly on what you said before about maybe some of those predatory behaviors that exist with certain suppliers just so they know what to look out for can you expand a little bit on what you're talking about when you say that <laughs> where to begin? Um, so like, again, I, I think before I go into that, like, I just want to kind of throw, throw caution in here. Like we, we believe that again, but at least we believe that the most important, second, most important relationship you have in your business, if you're a product company outside of your customers is your number one, number two would be your manufacturer. You have mm -hmm. to have an incredible relationship with your factory. That's completely trustworthy and transparent. Some of the things that I personally have seen. Um, I'm not going to talk about customer stories, so though that's 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 important enough. But I personally have you know gone on sourcing trips for on behalf of customers where you know we get quotes back and everything looks good on paper, and then you show up and everything is just different. Um, I've been to a toy manufacturer who said they were certified by Disney and Walmart and had all these great things, and their ISO standards came up really great. And we're like, all right, great, let's do a factory visit and see what's going on. And they, it looks like they hadn't sold a toy since the 1970s. Every everything had cobwebs all over them. Their machines weren't running. There was nobody in the in the factory, right? And so either they're outsourcing it, which means that you lose a level of 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 you know labor and you lose a level of uh, transparency you lose a level of control on your on your supply chain there where they may be outsourcing to another company there's an added cost there obviously because they got to take their cut and then pay the 
actual factory who's going to be producing the goods, right? So things like that, like where you, if you don't have a local team that can actually go to the factory and validate all those things when you're in the sourcing process, that's where I think I, I talk about most of the predatory behavior. I think it's really easy to go on Alibaba and, you know, get a factory and have them say, yep, I can do all these things. But, you know, things that we do at Gemba that are a little bit different are we'll actually go to the factory and verify and validate that what they say on are saying on paper is true in person. We'll look at legal documents and, and legal history on the factory to make sure that they don't have any like predatory behavior, like they don't pay their sub suppliers or they've been, you know, banned from the Chinese government before or something like that. Mm -hmm. So those are the types of things that you should be wary of as you start to go with any factory partner that you have, right? Once you put the money down, that money's most likely not coming back. So um, you got to make sure that, you know, if you are going to put those tens or hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars down with your factory, you truly trust them. And that's more what I was talking about, the, the predatory behavior. It still goes on no matter what country you're in. So validating and verifying doesn't matter where you do manufacturing. If it's Mexico, Vietnam, China, the United States, always go and at least get some validation there. You know, sending someone to, your, to the factory costs hundreds of dollars. It doesn't cost you $10,000 to go fly over there like you used to. There's local teams mm -hmm. that do all that, including my team that will go to the factory on your behalf, validate it, make sure all those things I've talked about are in line. And then you can have more trust and transparency with your with your factory again, which I believe is your second most important relationship in your product business. So that that must be kind of one of the big hurdles then that these sellers have to overcome is creating those strong relationships when they're not in the same country. Obviously, you can send kind of a representative or an ambassador like Gemba to right. do the work and kind of create that connection. But what are some of the other hurdles that sellers experience when they're trying to manufacture? Let's let's stick with outside of China, because that's kind of the topic of today. Right. Yeah, I think the biggest hurdle is probably knowing if their product is capable of being you know, manufactured in that country. And we talked about that earlier. Um, I think also making sure that you understand the full on, you know, the full gamut of what of what can be made without raw materials being imported into that country. Um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the factories in Mexico that are, you know, can do glass work won't quote lead times because they are still getting their glass from 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 China. And so prices may change on a regular basis based on raw material costs. Shipping costs are, are fluctuating, you know, consistently. Um, China has such a robust system in place that's been the oldest the best etc for so long um you know they have a lot more understanding of what their lead times are based on you know being able to get those raw materials in so when you talk about you know logistics and stuff like that like they can quote a much more accurate timeline as a result of that when you get into places like vietnam there's where they're so they're so uh reliant on the raw materials coming from another country if they have the, if that country has a shutdown like you're adding another 10 to 15 days depending on how much you know time it takes for them to either put it by rail or by sea and get into their factory, right? Um, the port systems aren't as developed in you know Vin India and Vietnam as they are in uh, China, but the United States and other countries have started flowing a lot of dollars to help get those port systems developed. So again, there's a lot of nuances that go into to this, but ultimately, it's again, it's maybe it's a it's a factory one A or it's a factory two that if you are getting a pinch or you want to lower your cost or something like that, those are the kind of conversations you can have and learn that information on by going outside of China. Yeah, that's that's good information. And, you know, I, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, shipping and logistics issues, uh, but we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back with uh, Zach Leonard from Gimba, we'll be asking some questions regarding shipping logistic issues. If anybody has a question they want to ask, 
uh, please put it in the comment section. Or even if it's after the live is done, put it in the comment section. We'll make sure that Zach gets the answer for that. We'll be right back. Did you know that Amazon probably owes you money for FBA reimbursements? Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at Gatita.com slash Sellernomics. So head on over to Gatita.com forward slash Sellernomics. Get your $400 in free FBA reimbursements. Uh, we've got Zach Leonard from Gimba on today, and we're talking about how to scale manufacturing outside of China. Great information so far. I do want to cover a little bit about shipping and logistics from these other countries they're talking about, Zach, and what kind of hurdles have you seen and what things are smooth and what things are hurdles, I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah. I mean, like I said a little bit ago, I think the, the biggest hurdle is the the impact of, of COVID and, and understanding if your country has access to raw materials, right? So if your country does, like India does and China does, they have a lot more access to raw materials and aren't reliant on those raw materials coming from a place like China, um, they're going to have a lot more transparency and a lot more control on how long it takes to get those raw materials into their factory and then ultimately produced by their by their line workers to get to your to your door, your warehouse, your customers' doors. When you get into places like Vietnam or smaller countries that import pretty much everything from a raw material perspective, that's where you start to lose a layer of control, especially in the day of COVID, where you know it seems like every every week or two some some city in China is getting shut down for that. I think they just shut down another another city that has like 21 million people. Just a little city in China that has 21 million people in it. Um, yeah, it gets gets very hard to predict that. So um, the the more you go to a country that doesn't have as much control over their raw materials, the harder it's going to be to get an understanding of true you know logistics time based on that. And then you also have to deal with the country that's producing those those those. Uh, those products, right? So there's rainy seasons in some of these countries, there's holidays in these countries as well. So, you know, where it's widely broadcast, everyone understands like you're talking about earlier, Lisa, you know, Golden Week, Chinese New Year, these things, like there's a whole nother holiday schedule that happens in India. There's a whole nother holiday schedule that happens in Mexico. There's a whole nother holiday schedule that happens in in, in uh, Vietnam, right? So you have to understand those sh shutdowns as well. And if you're in a pinch and they're on holiday, like <laughs> that's just not going to work. So being able to kind of play all those different factors of culturally what goes on, if they have access to raw materials or not, and what the impact of, you know, things like COVID are going to have on those supply chains. So the access to raw materials is like a huge part of this, right? So in each of these key regions that we're talking about, so, you know, Mexico, Vietnam, and India, what are kind of the, the key industries in each of these places? And, and I'll give a quick shout out to a good friend, Meg Labardwaj with the India Sourcing Network. She always talks about like handicrafts being really, really wonderful right. coming out of India. So like, what are the big industries in each of these countries? Yeah. So in India, for example, uh, you know, they're starting to ramp up in food production and consumables, um, health and wellness products. So things that use metal or different, you know, types of, you know, health and wellness products. Um, obviously they have access to, you know, raw materials for apparel. Um, we have some of our, you know, one of some of our larger customers doing, um, you know, millions of dollars of, of units outside uh, in China from, from, a from, a patented, uh, mill. So again, like those are, those are some big ones. And then homeware and furniture. So you're talking your glasses, metals, handicrafts, if you will, that's kind of the big things that are coming out of, um, India, um, Mexico, again, they have some electrical equipment, um, mid to high end footwear, a lot of textiles, so bedding, clothing, etc. Um, medical equipment, you're starting to see that coming out of Mexico as well. And then furniture, um, that's another big one. And then Vietnam, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, 
footwear capital of the world, right? 26% of US imports uh, from footwear market are coming from Vietnam. So anything that's more cut and sew, so footwear, uh, knit and woven apparel, uh, furniture and other textiles are great in Vietnam. Um, and a lot of we're also is interesting for Vietnam is you're starting to see a lot of Chinese influence there. So China, Chinese fat, like bigger Chinese factories are starting to, you know, set up camp there. Um, some of the largest bag uh, factories in the world are Korean owned in Vietnam. So it's a lot of, of international influence in Vietnam where you have these big factories setting up shop there. And because the labor rates are so much lower, they can, you know, maximize gains as a result of that. When, when you're talking about manufacturing, because it rung a bell because you said like food, there's a lot of food manufacturing going on in India. And we've been working with, as a country, we've been working with China for so long, and there's obviously certain certifications and, and different approvals that you have to get from these manufacturers in China. Is it any more difficult to get those certifications of these non-Chinese manufacturing countries? Like, because we just don't have as long standing of a relationship or maybe they don't understand the regulations. Is it any more difficult or am I off base? No, I think you know you're 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 driving down an interesting path. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's 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 stuff that's governed by the United States, right? So if you're talking about you know food and drugs, it's it's governed by the FDA. So the certification doesn't really change between those countries. It's just you have to deal with getting a new certification up. Whereas a lot of the you know Chinese manufacturers may already have that and are well-known entities, and there's a lot lot more of them, right? But those certifications are expensive, and so in order for you to kind of justify moving your production to another factory or facility, like it's not just getting that, you know, getting the, the certification, that's the cost. Like you have to bring in a labor force who understands what being FDA certified means, right? You have to wear certain materials, you have to handle products a certain way, and they might want, they might not want to take on that training and that workload to, to, you know, make their factory FDA certified and abide by those standards. Right. So it's more of, it's not just the certification you have to think about. It's also the labor itself, right? Like, do I want to pay my labor more for being FDA certified? Do I want to invest in, you know, the garments and, and the different things that I have to, <clears throat> that I have to wear from a, from a hardware and, and software and all that stuff that you have to do to make sure you're, you're uh, certified by the FDA for food as an example. So uh, that's more of the opportunity cost that a factory owner has to think about when they go down that endeavor. Gotcha. With uh, that, go ahead, Lisa. I was going to say, sorry, uh, would that ever be something like if it was a large enough seller, would that ever be something that they would take on the cost of to have a manufacturer? Like, would they ever um, front that? You know, again, I think it, it's, it depends on the factory. We've seen where the factory will ask to split the cost or they would be willing to do it. Again, think about it in the terms of like if a factory wants to scale up with a with a uh, with a Amazon seller because they're, you know, product is selling like hotcakes, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to most likely going to have to invest in new molds. Like the seller can always say, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to look at other factories that can take on more capacity. If, if you can't, you know, get as much as I need out in time. Right. So they'd say, okay, well, we'll invest in another mold. Maybe the mold is $40,000, right? Like that's a pretty large investment for a factory to take on. They also have to staff up the workforce to do that. So I think that's why I said, going back to, you know, the, the, mo the second most important relationship you have is with your factory. The more you the more you invest from a person to person perspective, the more you go and treat your factory like they are the second most important relationship you have in your business, the more things that they're going to be willing to do for you, like invest in equipment and material and do all those things that you're asking. But, you know, if you're going off the street to a factory you've never worked with and say, hey, will you take on the FDA approval and certification process for me? Like, that's a lot bigger risk because they've never worked with you yeah. before, right? Like, 
you, the, the, the entity you know and the devil you know is better than the devil you don't, right? So if someone comes off the street and says, hey, I have, you know, seven figures, eight figures business that is food and I need you to get FDA certified, they'd be like, well, I don't know who you are. So, you know, <laughs> maybe like let's let's talk, right? Like let's figure out how to make this work and maybe you have to take more costs up front or there's, you know, targets that they'd start refunding you for those costs, right? Like, I don't know. Those are all things you can bring to the negotiation table. So, Zach, we did have a question come in from uh, Reggie on Facebook asking thoughts on the average timeline and cost for FDA certifications. Do you have any info on that? Uh, I, I have to go back like a couple of years, like probably the last time I was on your show to think about that because we were looking at, obviously, everyone was looking at uh, like masks and PPE, right? Yeah. Um, I, 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 you know, I think for a factory to get certified, you know, it's it's in the tens of thousands. Um, oh, wow. I don't quote me on that. I think you also, as an entity yourself, have to get certified by the FDA if you're importing FDA certified goods. So I, I do have a question, and this comes up a lot when people start talking about manufacturing outside of China. We're so used to Alibaba's there, connects us with factories. We're good to go. People go, I want to go to China. I want to, or outside of China. I want to go to Vietnam. I want to go to Mexico. I want to go to India. How do I find these manufacturers? What do you say when people ask that, Zach? Come to Gamba. There you go. <laughs> That's the answer. That's simple. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, you can you can try. Like again, I, our 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 business is set up so that you don't have to do that, right? We have local teams there, and we build a relationship with these factories, and we have buying power so that the average seller can come and it's approachable, and they can get those you know those quotes from from places outside of China. If you don't go to someone like us, um, you're looking at sourcing agents, you're looking at Google, you're looking at different outlets to do that. You can look at, you know, Panjiva if you want, right? That's like, it's, you know, they have a subscription fee to look at import records. You can do that. But again, a lot of people look at like, well, you know, if they're a seller and they want to go, I want to go get, you know, product that's done by the Nike factories. Like, well, Nike's Nike for a reason. They do billions of dollars every single year in revenue, right? Like, are you bringing that to the Nike factory's table? They may talk to you in that case, but if you're not, they're not going to talk to you. So it really depends on the size of seller you are, the type of product you you have. Um, but yeah, like do a bunch of that resource or, you know, come to Gemba and we'll make it easy for you. And we'll tell you straight up, like, can we do it or not? Before you even, you know, put any money down, we'll, we'll give you that advice. Absolutely. And, and Reggie's got a, a bunch of questions coming at us here. So I'm going to give you a quick second here, Reggie. We're going to go over with Zach real quick, what Gimba does, how to contact him, because you got a lot of questions and it'd probably be good for you to follow up with him directly. And we do appreciate listening in Reggie, but I'd like to give uh, Zach a second here or a little bit of time to go over what Gimba does. Um, I know I have a couple of questions I'm going to throw at him from two years ago that I, that were really fun. And uh, he, I'll see if he remembers, but Zach, just give everybody a really quick uh, high level overview of what Gimba does. Cause you guys do a lot. Uh, but kind of cover th some things and then I'll ask you a few questions on Gimba. Sure, sure. So Gimba is a product development and manufacturing platform. We help all of our customers, you know, ranging from just starting out to doing you know, eight to nine figures on different outlets like Amazon, Shopify, et cetera. We help them create a manufactured pro product. So we use a network of designers and engineers that help with the, with the product development process. We match them with you. So if you have products that have, you know, like footwear or something like that, we have footwear designers and engineers that have worked at places like Under Armour that will match you with to start doing the product development process. Once you go into the sourcing process, we have teams in all these different countries that I talked about today that work with you to help uh, get 
matched up with factories that can do production with you and so on and so forth. As you go through the logistics process, we have, you know, local, local players in the market for each market that I talked about that help you, you know, book your logistics and get them into your warehouse. So anything from A to Z from product development through your warehouse to shipping, uh, we can help you with. That's perfect. I got to awesome. throw this question at you, Zach. I remember asking this once before. I had to go look back at our old interview, but and you gave this great answer. Maybe we don't have enough time for a long version, but tell us the story about the person that sketched something on a napkin, handed it to you guys, and you went from A to Z and brought it all the way to market. I remember <laughs> and see if you can remember. That was a while ago. Oh man, we've had a lot of them. Um, we just oh, launched, we just launched, or some guys about to launch a Kickstarter for a product that's a pet product. Um, but yeah, he came to us with, you know, sketch pad paper. We matched him up with uh, with a uh, a team who's worked on pet products before, and he's in the process of launching his Kickstarter as we speak. That was much go. more concise. So concise. Yeah, that was that was quick. <laughs> Last time we we spent like an hour talking about this stuff. No, that that was really good information. And yeah, so just so people are aware, if you have an idea and you want to bring it to market, go to Gimba, come up with that idea, sketch it on a napkin, take a photo of it, send it over to you to them. They'll help you with the entire process. The the and correct me if I'm wrong on this, Zach. I know it's been a little while, but you're gonna help with the mock-up, the design. Uh, finding the manufacturer, taking it to market, getting it on Amazon, all the way, like all the way from end to end, right? Yep. Yep. We do everything in between, you know, your sketch and getting it to your warehouse. So we'll help you source it. We'll help you develop it. All those things. We can match up with some partners if you want to go the Kickstarter route and, and uh, Amazon route. So we don't help, you know, we don't do the actual selling of the product, but anything before you sell it, we can help you with. And it's not, and you also don't have to go A to Z. You know, we work with a ton of the aggregators to help them, you know, source outside of China. We work with a ton of Shopify customers to source outside of China. Some of our biggest customers are sourcing in India right now. So again, um, it's it's not a full stack. You don't have to do the full process. We can help you out at different parts of it. If you want to do the full process, we're definitely able to help in that regard as well. Nice. And tell, tell everybody how they get a hold of you, Zach, if they're interested in more information or visiting the website. Yeah, you can go to www.gemba.com. That's G-E-M-B-A-H.com. Uh, or you can just email me, Zach at Gemba.com. I'm happy to you know put you in touch with our, a team member from, from my team that can get uh, whatever need you have in your product development or manufacturing side. We can help you at least talk through it. Um, and if we can help you execute on it, then great. And that's Zach with a K, correct? Z-A-C-K. Awesome. Yeah. Lisa, how cool is this? Because how many times are you sitting there and you're just like, I got this crazy idea. It'd be neat to like bring it to market, but I have no clue how to get it all the way there. And See, you guys going to be like this here. That's, that's not really how my brain works, but it's how my dad's <laughs> brain works. And if I could tell you the number of things I've seen on napkins before. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. We, I mean, we love I, those I, I wake sketches. up. We love those yeah. napkin sketches. It's a, it's what it's what makes us uh, it's what makes us tick here at Gemba. That's I'm gonna have to start sketching these things and sending them to Zach just for to bounce ideas off him to see if it's even worth it. Right. You know, just I right. come, I wake up in the middle of the night, come up with these crazy ideas. Okay, so just everybody who's listening, please head on over to Gemba.com. G E M B A H com gimba.com and of course it's zach z-a-c-k at gimba.com if you're interested in reaching out to zach uh definitely reggie was asking all those questions reach out to zach he'd be more than happy to follow up with you on a couple more emails uh zach always great having you on 
Uh, only got to see you like a week ago for a, a few hours in Austin, but it was great to, uh, you know, at least say hi and then get you on the show and, and uh, get caught up here a little bit. We will definitely schedule it for next year so we don't let too much time go by. <laughs> and I uh, definitely appreciate you being on the on the Sellernomics podcast. Thanks so much for uh, coming on and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Lisa. Appreciate it as well. And uh, excited to see how Q4 and all the different events that we may commingle at, uh, how, how those all transpire. So again, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Right. Thank Thanks, you, Zach. Thanks for joining us this week on the Sellernomics podcast. Special thanks to our sponsor, Gatita. Did you know that Amazon probably owes you money for FBA reimbursements? Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash sellernomics. Be sure to join us again next week for more great tips on how to grow your business. And thanks again for listening.